Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I always like to start off with this prayer. It's from Proverbs 2 and 6, and it says, For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So, Father, I believe and trust in your word. And, Father, right now I release control of my mouth and tongue so it may speak the knowledge and wisdom of only you, God. Father, we come as one body, the body of Christ. And right now we make ourselves ready and available to receive from your Holy Spirit. We give you the authority through our humble surrender to take control of our minds so you may impart your wisdom. Father, we are empty vessels. Fill us to capacity, Lord, and lead us and send us to the doorsteps of the hearts of the people of this world so we may impact them with your mighty message. Holy Spirit, we sit as students and we welcome you. We say to you, have your way. Counsel and teach like only you can. We will recognize, we will reverence, and we will respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Every time I get an opportunity to minister, I always think about the sapling time that I have in ministering. It's like I'm three and a half years into doing it. And sometimes I can place myself into an area where the Holy Spirit is not even requiring me to be. So I have to constantly check myself in it and remind myself of what happened to Jeremiah when the Holy Spirit visited him. And he said what? He, was, he felt that he was what? Too young. But the Holy Spirit said, no, don't say that. I'm going to read that. It just, it, you don't have to go to it. I just want to read it because it, it brings a confidence in me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So verse 4, it says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee as a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, uh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And verse 9 says, Then the Lord put forth, put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. So I have to remember, it's not about me, but it's what God has placed on my heart and what God has placed in me. I just have to open this mouth and release it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Once again, I'm so happy to be here this morning. You know, yes, we're on a, a series. It, it's called Will the Real Church Please stand up. And, I, you know, even before the pastor even started into this message, it was already on his heart. And we get together, he talk about it. And it, it made me want to go back and ask myself the question, well, how does a real ch church stand up? You know, it's good to question it and ask, why is this on my pastor's heart? And I want it to be deep in mind. You know, we can ask when, we can ask why, we can ask where. But I believe right now the Holy Spirit is telling me the how. Okay. So, you know, I got this yesterday. This wasn't a part of my message, 
But I felt as if I needed to put it in this message to share with you guys. And I believe, honestly, I believe it's heavy, but it's true. Because we want to know how. How will the real church stand up? What does that look like? What, what is happening when the real church stands? So, you know, Christ is coming. He's coming. All right. You know, when Jesus came to Jerusalem as a king, he came riding on a donkey. But he came to Jerusalem as a king. And he may come when he, he's coming back, but he may not be riding on the donkey. He won't be riding on the donkey. But but he's coming in the same authority as king. Looking for the same thing. He's coming for a bride. Her name is church. She is radiant. She is without stain or wrinkle. Or any other blemish. She is holy. And she is what? Blameless. Such a raging in church. In no way possible should she exist without signs, wonders, miracles, and operate in the gifts of the spirit. Church is not a building. To find her location, don't go to a map. Go to a mirror. What she needs to be is radiant, without stain or wrinkle, holy and blameless. How does she become that? First thing she wants to do, she needs to be, is cleansed. Look in the mirror. First step is to be cleansed. You know, Jesus did a few things in Matthew 21, and we'll spend a beginning time there. Uh, we should take to answer the how. His bride has to be cleansed and cleansed by the washing of his word. How she is presented is the utmost importance to Jesus. Go with me to Matthew 21 and 12. I'll be reading out of the NIV. Y'all with me this morning? I want y'all to hang in there with me. Okay. We want to we figure out this how. How does the real church stand up? And how does it look? What should be happening when that real church stand up? Why are we even sitting? <laughs> Verse 12 says this. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. 13 says, it is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. So she, and then I'm talking about who? The church, correct? Can no longer rob God. By replacing her time in the washing of his word in prayer, with the things of this world. The next thing she has to be, she has to produce fruit. Amen. 
if she's going to be radiant and she's going to be holy and she's going to be blameless, she's going to be without spots, stain or wrinkle. It should be showing something. There should be a fruit associated with it. So drop on down to verse 18 there. Hold your place there with just verse 18. We're going to ride here. Okay. Verse 18 says, early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. Her fruit should be in operation when he comes. When I looked at that, I was like, man, just going through those scriptures, I was like, this is painting a picture for me. Jesus goes up, he's hungry. But the fig tree at the time is not operating. So if we're going to be a church that's radiant, without wrinkle, stain, holy and blameless, when he comes, we should be operating. That means we should be producing fruit of what the church looks like. The next thing we should be doing through all of this is praying. Church should always be in communication with him. It's the major key to a successful relationship. If I never spent time talking to my wife, how far would that get? We wouldn't be here today. Okay. But if Jesus is coming back for what's inside of you, you need to be in communication with him. Glory to God. Drop down to verse 21. Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not dot, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe you will receive whatever you ask in what prayer. He is our Jehovah Jireh. He is the one who provides for her, the church in you. He wants her to believe in him with this faith. To the point where those things that appear impossible, when she communicates with him in prayer, he proves to her nothing is impossible. And she can have whatever she asks for in prayer. If the church is going to stand up and be used by God, we as the body must pray and be super sensitive to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will talk back to you and will minister to you and will counsel you and will be your help and he will keep you. Glory to God. We have to be aware when the counselor is counseling. You know, we spend a lot of time here. At some point, we have, we have to be able to put this down. We have to learn how to pull ourselves out of the world, if only for a moment, so God can work what he wants to work in us, so that he can provide for his bride. You know, the pastor spoke about comfort last week. 
The thing about getting so comfortable in the chair is that very same comfort can chain you to the chair. What seems like comfort can very well be the shackles of the enemy. This is why the question is valid. Will the real church stand up? When we get comfortable, we fall asleep. When we fall asleep, we're silent. When we are silent, our mouths are shut. When our mouths are shut, where is our power and authority? The enemy is trying to lull us out of our power and authority through a comfy position of sitting to shut our mouths. To steal our prayer life. To stop you from advancing in the word in you that's there to wash you. Prayer is a prime essential key to unlock our relationship with the Holy Spirit. It is the lifeline of the church, the pipeline to the gifts of the spirit. It is the backbone and spine sending signals of life throughout the body. Write this down. Take this note. It's a little long, but if not, go back and, and get it down, okay? Real churches won't stand up until we truly recognize the church is in us. Until we present ourselves as Jesus expects us, as what Jesus is coming back for. Radiant, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, holy and blameless. Cleansed. Bearing fruit and praying. You know, prayer starts our vesselship. And I, I, I defined it this way myself. A willful spirit-led way of life desiring to be filled and empty to fulfill the will of God through the counseling of the Holy Spirit through prayer. You know, I got a revelation now. We're, we're, we're in the book of Acts. That's where the pastor heart is. I don't know if you, you catch that because he notices how the church was in the book of Acts. And he's like, that's going to be my church. Right. Glory to God. That's going to not be my church building, but the church in me. That's why I can follow a man like that. Glory to God. But I asked that. Why isn't the, the, the church is the same way as in the book of Acts? And God told me this. He said, John, you know, those things are happening. But the problem is, here's, here's the problem. The book of Acts, you can look at it and say it's not just because of the signs and wonders and miracles, but people prayed and acted on his word. That's why we see it. This is the direction we need to turn. Get to praying and acting on the word. Hallelujah. You know, in the books of Acts, they prayed a lot. You may be the example God uses instead of Stephen, Philip, Ananias of Damascus, or Cornelius of Caesarea. Though these men make up a very small portion of the book of Acts and an even smaller portion of the Bible, their examples were powerful. Each was led by the power and instructions received from prayer. Stephen prayed himself into total peace. Prayed to where his natural eyes could see into the spiritual realm. He saw the son sitting at the right hand of the father. Philip 
was visited by an angel in prayer. And he was sent on a voyage. Ananias of Damascus, in his time of prayer, he was given a vision. And within the vision was a praying Saul. He dropped his fear and God used his hand to restore the vision of Saul. Cornelius of Caesarea was said in Acts 10 and 2 to be devout and God fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. In his prayer, he was given a vision of Simon Peter. Peter came to know that the Gentiles were to be accepted. Through the consistency of this man's prayer, life, life, we should be all so thankful of Cornelius' consistency in prayer. You know, on the day of Pentecost, when they all had gathered together, you know, I don't think they were just sitting around talking about what were the next sandals to come out and how comfortable they were to be. I'm pretty sure they were praying. They were praying. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, the body, you know, is consumed by so many things, you know, not concerning God to notice his presence. Glory to God. If you're looking and waiting for God to use you, you already missed him. Know this, he used someone or something else to deliver the package. The very same God that opened the mouth of a donkey to deliver a message to Balaam to deter him from the reckless road he was on. So he may deliver the exact words of the Lord. He showed up and used a donkey. Glory to God. God is moving, but are we presenting ourselves an empty vessel available for him? Are we cleansed, bearing fruit, and praying? You know, we often tend to fill ourselves with so many negative things of this world. You are what you fill yourself with, and you will deliver that cargo. You know, what we fill ourselves with is what the church is full of. Think about that. The temple in Matthew 21 was full of people buying and selling, money changers, sellers, and what Jesus saw as robbers. Once again, will we rob God of the time we're supposed to be spending with him in prayer? But God is a good God, and he has given us the ability to cleanse ourselves and prepare for good works and become an example of overcoming. Go with me to 2 Timothy 2 and 21. I'm going to be reading this out of the ESV. Hallelujah. Are y'all with me? Y'all following me? Come on now. It says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable Use set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Are you ready for every good work? The word says, if anyone cleanses himself, cleanses himself. 
So how can we unlock the chains that are holding the church to a seated positions? I have some keys here. I'm going to use these keys. I'm going to break down these keys. And I want you guys to understand that in, in, in uh, throughout all these keys, prayer is a consistency. Once again, prayer is the lifeline. It's the backbone. It's sending out signals of life. So understanding each one of these keys, prayer is a consistent, a constant. The first key to unlocking the church, that's the name and title of the message, unlock the church. The first one is instructions that you receive in prayer. These are, these are the things that God has planned and ordained to come to pass through prophecy and through his loving mercy towards us. We receive these things through communing, through prayer. Through prayer, you provide God an empty vessel. Your load or filling is the instructions. That's why it's important that we pray and allow the Holy Spirit to counsel, to teach. The second key to unlocking the church is like something that pastor said last week. He talked about being obedient. And that's act and obedience. This is something we must do immediately. It shows that you accept the mission beyond reception of the instructions of prayer. It shows the presence of faith by acting on the instructions without question. It shows trust. It shows belief in the instructions and belief in the instructor. That's our God. This is true faith. It shows no presence of doubt. The next key to unlocking the church is patience. Don't question the act or the obedience. Have faith in the instructions received. You know, this is where sometimes a lot of us fail. We don't have the patience to allow God to prepare and strengthen us to the finish. You know, faith is a continuing act. It's not time specific. Faith is enduring. The next key to unlocking the church is he will give you specific instructions in your prayer. God will give further instructions so he will always, so we must always continue to pray, especially as we hold fast to being patient and standing in a continuing act of faith. The word says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16 through 22, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. No, God will give you some of the most accurate, pinpoint, specific instructions. And Natasha and I, that's how we ended up here. It's a whole bunch of praying over the three years before we showed up here. And we could not move. We would never be able to move and come out here if we wouldn't have been praying. And when we got here... We could have ended up anywhere in the state of Georgia or anywhere in Gwinnett County, but we ended up right here. And not only that, but we ended up right here in this church. And now we're able to be amongst you guys who we never known or even conceived or thought we would ever meet. That's how specific God can get it. Go there, Natasha. You know, you think it was a... You think it's just by chance Tasha gets here, a friend comes down, and the first time they say, hey, girl, I'm coming to get you in the church. This church is open. 
He's very specific. We could miss that sometimes, but he's very specific. If you're here today, you're here for a reason. You know, like guys, we talk about, so let's get to work because you're here for a reason. Like you said, you're not here just to sit in the pew. (laughs) You're here for a reason. Glory to God. All right. So God's further instructions will give you the ability to remain in the blessing and be a blessing in what he has shown you through your prayers. Your desires, needs and wants will be met through your vesselship. God wants you fully capable to fulfill his will. I can I can testify to this. If you guys just understood where Natasha and I was some years back where we lost everything. But once we turn to this prayer and turn back to God, he doubled everything. And I'm not saying that just I'm I'm saying this is my testimony. This is the power of God. This is how God wants to fulfill what he has called you to do. He will prepare you and he will equip you. I thank God. The next key is to act on the specifics. Once again, do what God tells you. Act on specifications. Trust in God. This could very possibly be something that could change the lives of city or nations. Don't think of it to be so little. Don't think of it just to be just around you. It's going to be something much bigger. We think too small sometimes. And the last key, again, is to pray. Again, through all of these keys, we always continue to pray. Go with me to Ephesians 6 and 18. Ephesians 6 and 18. Glory to God. We're so happy. You're online today. We're so happy to have you here. My family out there, glory to God. Thank you for being out there watching your father this morning. I just thank you. Hallelujah. God is so good. Verse 18 says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests with this in mind. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Glory to God, just thought of my father because that's exactly what he did. He just kept praying. He just kept praying for people and praying for people. And that was his thing. He got it. He understood it. You know, I was telling my pastor, I was like, you know, my, my father wasn't the best reader, but he understood this. Yes. He understood this. He understood that I need to keep praying. I need to keep praying for people and I'm going to do it until I exit this place. And he did it. And I believe before he went, he was praying. Glory to God. So now let's switch this over. I want I want to bring this. And and let's put some scripture and things to it. Let's use this example. The example of Philip and the uh, Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8. Y'all can go there. 26 through 30 and hold your place there. Philip, to me, was a mighty man of God. Up to this point, God has used Philip to perform many, many miracles. I believe this is a man that prayed constantly and therefore was used greatly by God to open doors for Gentiles and eunuchs. So let's go back to our first instruction. The first, our first key to unlocking the church was the instruction through prayer. Just look at verse 26. 
And it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Now, this should start to open up and have you to understanding the keys. First thing, I know that Philip was a praying man during this time. Praying meant something. Believers pray constantly throughout the day. Check your Bible. Look for at or during this time. They were praying. Some translations say the desert road. The King James Version described Gaza as a desert. Either way, the travel is on a, d a desert road leading to a desert. Has anyone ever been to a desert? Glory to God. I have, and then I, once I got there, I immediately realized why they call it a desert. Because <laughs> there's nothing around, and it was completely deserted. And I was like, my goodness, nothing for miles. <laughs> so let's see what Philip did. All right? So the next key is to, be, to act and to be obedient, correct? So let's look at verse 27. Step down there. It said, And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of her treasures, all her treasures, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Let's look at this. Did Philip ask any questions? He didn't. He did not ask a question. Even faced with a trek through the desert, did he say, well, maybe I didn't hear from an angel? Did he even question it? So what did verse 27 say Philip did? He arose and what? He went. You see, where it says arose, I believe Philip arose from prayer. He was praying when he got this. And he acted, he was obedient, and he moved immediately. He went. He didn't question. So the next key was patience. Let's look at verse 28. It says, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Keep in mind, Philip is in a desert. He was on a journey from one town to another. Travel from one town to another could take days or sometimes even weeks. Philip didn't turn back and go to Jerusalem. He allowed God to move. He was patient. Up out of nowhere comes a eunuch reading Isaiah. The very same Isaiah that prophesied that the eunuchs would also be accepted into the kingdom. Let's go to the next key with specific instructions. And let's drop down to verse 29. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. The Spirit now gives what? Specific instructions. What are the specific instructions? Join thyself to this chariot. You know, God, we said earlier about specific instructions. God will give us further instructions. So we should always continue to pray, especially as we hold fast to being patient and standing in a continuing act of faith. It'll be accurate and pinpoint. How much more precise can you get than the spirit saying, join thyself to this chariot in the middle of the desert? So the next key to unlocking the church was, to act on the specifics. Let's look at verse 30. 
says, And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? So how does Philip act on the specifics? He ran over to him. He didn't walk. He didn't ponder. He didn't say, well, let me take care of something, something else first. He ran. By doing so, we know that the unit is taught by Philip and baptized, proving that the prophecy of eunuchs that God had given Isaiah was true. Let's go to Isaiah. I want you guys to see this. So go with me to Isaiah 56 and 4. This is a powerful, even though this is small, a small portion of the Bible, if we take the example of Philip at this time and how obedient and how he acted, we're going to learn something here that the church needs to have. I'm reading this out of the King James Version. It says, verse 4 says, For thus said the Lord unto the eunuchs, that keep my Sabbath and choose the things that please me and take hold of my covenant, even unto them I will give in mine house and within my walls a place and a name better than the sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. So we see this manifest right here, right now with Philip in this Ethiopian eunuch. All because what? He prayed. He started off in prayer. He received the instructions. He moved out, glory to God. He did what the Holy Spirit called him to do. He didn't question. At some point, talk is just talk. If there's no action. Glory to God. So the last thing we need to continue to do is to pray it's like we said this could very possibly change nations it can change cities it can change the people who enter into life way so we see the movement the very will of god in action develop and take place all through prayer faith and prayer are the master keys to unlock the church from our seated position to our standing position prayer unlocks the church in us when we look at 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16 that we previously talked about, it says, Rejoice always again and pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Glory to God. I thank you, Father. Although I'm going through something here on earth, Father, you are good. Father, you are good. Father, I know not to question, but I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise you. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Glory to God. I'm holding on to what is good. That's all I'm thinking about with my father. The good things. I don't have time. I don't have time just to sit and cry. I'm holding on to the good things. And that's what's strengthening me. Yes. And I leave here, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to continue to pray just like my father did. Yes. So there should be visuals of the church unlocked and standing up look like. 
a church that presents herself as Jesus expects her, radiant, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, holy and blameless, cleansed, bearing fruit, and praying. A church like this is always rejoicing, praying continuously, giving thanks in all circumstances. Sickness and disease, God, you are Jehovah Rapha. You heal. My money's funny. I have a need. God, you are Jehovah Jireh. You provide. The battles of life, God, you are Jehovah Nisi. You are my banner and you never lost a battle. You are the strong tower. When I worry, God, you are Jehovah Shalom. You are my peace. When I feel alone, God, you are Jehovah Shammah. I'm never really alone because, Lord, you are there. God, you are God. And there's no other like you. What it all comes down to is that we give respect to her church that's in us. That we prepare her for the, for the groom. So let us be cleansed by the washing of the word. Let us bear fruit of one so radiant, blameless, and holy. And let us always be communicating with him through prayer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. As I think about my father and, and, and the fact that he was praying, praying, man, what comes to me when pastor was talking and talking to me in his office what makes me so confident to get up here and to do what my, I know my father would, wanted me to do is the fact that I know where he's going. I know where he is. So I told my wife, I was like, you know what? I really don't know how to feel. Well, I love my father. But a peace came over me and a joy. You know, I, I realized something about death that the only people who struggle are the ones who are left. When you go, you go. And you have a, a mighty good time. But here's the question. When it's your time, do you know where you're going? <laughs> will the people here back on the planet that's been praying for you, will they be in peace? Or will they be worried, flustered, broken down? Afraid because they don't know where your everlasting spirit has gone. So here's your opportunity if you're not sure. Here is your opportunity. And it's not hard. It's just accepting. It's just saying, God, I believe. I believe in you. I believe that you sent your son to die for my sins. I believe and I take on right now that you are my king. You are my father. And I'm preparing this. I'm, now that my, this bride in me had been raggedy, but I'm ready to prepare it for you. Glory to God. So if you're never accepted, Jesus into your life. Here is your opportunity. I'm sure that my father 
was prepared. Actually, I know my father was preparing to go somewhere. He had no doubt in mind that something was going to happen to him the very next second. So what am I saying? Some things we just can't continue just to put off and put on hold. Sometimes I wonder why do we make it so hard? It's one of the most simplest things you can do and you benefit so much from it. Glory to God. Go ahead, close your eyes. Hallelujah, Father. If that's you and you're home, stand up with me. If you're in the house and you don't know God, stand up. Hallelujah. If you want this in your life, if you don't want to continue to live with I'm not sure or not being not being sure of what's going to happen to me tomorrow. I don't worry about tomorrow. As a matter of fact, the word told me not to. Glory to God. So if anyone out there online, if, if, if that's you, we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Just pray with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. And though I've been away for a while, I thank you for waiting on me. And today, I ask that Jesus come into my heart. I make him the Lord of my life. Father, I repent and turn from wicked ways. And I thank you, Father, for allowing me to be a part of your family. Hallelujah. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we say welcome to the family. Hallelujah. Welcome to the family. Now you can be confident. But if you did, we want to know. Okay, there's ways we want to connect with you. We'll put some ways up here. We want to connect with you. And so you can share with us what's in your heart and what happened to you today. Glory to God.